You're listening to Faith Assembly of God Online, a recording of our weekly service. Thanks for joining with us, the place where hope and reality converge. Uh, we're going to specifically be praying for physical healing tomorrow night. Uh, I'm excited for that. I, I love, uh, there's just something that kind of gets me going whenever I can see God doing something tangible right in front of me. It just is very encouraging. And so uh, we're going to watch God do some amazing things. I already shared with you just a week ago uh, of what we saw happen in, in Nicaragua. Pastor uh, Rob Fur is actually here tonight. He's a good friend of ours. From He's on staff at the Foundry Church in Morgantown, uh, West Virginia, and so not too far away. And so would you make uh, Pastor Rob feel welcome tonight? And, and uh, thanks for coming, man. But I was talking about Nicaragua and bring up Pastor Rob because, what, you've been with me three times now? You've went down there with me four, five, six, seven, eight. I don't know. Who knows? A lot. But he's going back again with me in June. And uh, so uh, I'm excited about what God is doing. And, and Messiah, Pastor, I haven't got to talk to you since I got, since I got back on Thursday. But uh, last Saturday night, I watched a guy get his sight back and a lady jump up and start running around. And, and people all, I mean, weekend long, people that weren't able to do things, they started doing them. And uh, I mean, just some, some, great, some great testimonies of God's healing mercy in our lives. So uh, I believe the same God that did those, that did those things there is the same God that's here with us right now. And, and uh, we're going to experience God in a fresh and new way. So tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, and then Tuesday and Wednesday again at 7. Tuesday night, we're going to be talking about the second coming of Jesus, a message I've entitled End Time Triggers, uh, things that I see happening right now that fall directly in line with God's word that are bringing us to the final seconds. I'm not talking about, it's not, listen, it's not even a 1159 anymore. You understand? It's like 115959. You know what I'm saying? Like we are about to get out of here. The time keeps ticking away, tick, 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 ticking away. Uh, so, uh, man, what a good God we serve tonight. Any of you old uh, uh, fine arts people got that little human video deal. But uh, Mark chapter 1 tonight, I'm excited for what he has for us right here. Mark chapter 1, and we're just going to read a couple verses. I love the book of Mark. The book of Mark is, is known as the action gospel. It's the shortest gospel between Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And and I, since my attention span is so short and I can't concentrate for longer than any other three-year-old possibly could, uh, I love the book of Mark. He just gets right to the point and tells us exactly what happened. And, and so I love that stuff. And so here we are in Mark chapter 1. Jesus is in the beginning stages of his ministry. And the Lord is he's really out moving. And many people are being healed and touched and delivered. And here Jesus tries to get away for a moment. And, and, and these uh, people uh, just continue to follow the Lord around, even up into a mountainside. And here here comes a man with leprosy in Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 40. And if you would, this evening, would you stand for the reading of God's word one more time tonight? Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 40. Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 40. And I'm reading uh, from the New International Version. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment of, uh, of, of where we're going. So uh, stick with me here. Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 40, says, A man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. Now, most of you are probably reading an older translation that would read, Jesus being moved with compassion. And I'm going to show you why I believe that's wrong, and Jesus being indignant is correct. And here we'll get there in just a minute. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left the man, and he was cleansed. Let's pray. 
Father, one more time, would you release the power of your written word into our lives? Lord, we trust you. We surrender to you. Lord, I declare healing loose in this room right now. Lord, I, I come against every spirit of infirmity. Lord, every foul spirit that has tried to drag us down into the sewers of this world. Lord, we stand on the firm ground of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we declare the freedom and the liberty of the presence of the Holy Spirit of God loose in this room right now. Thank you, God, for all you've done. Lord, may we be elevated into an atmosphere of worship that is undeniable right now, God. Thank you, God, for all you've done. Consume our thoughts. We take captive every thought under the authority of Jesus Christ, and we fix our eyes on you so that you would become the author and perfecter of our faith. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. So listen, this portion of Scripture, again, I love Mark. Mark just gets right to the point. A man with leprosy came to Jesus. Now, we know the particular word that, that here in the times, that this Greek word that was often translated as leprosy was oftentimes a, a word that was just kind of used for any type of skin disease. Um, uh, it's kind of a little funny story. Uh, I, I, when I'm home, I try and help out with my, my little girl, uh, Emily, over here, try and help out with her basketball team. And the other guy, the coaches, um, he, is, he was scared to death that I was going to a third world country and coming back and going to be around him. You know, and so he thought I was going to bring back some jungle fever. And there's actually a new virus that's rolling around down there that's causing a lot of problems, a mosquito-borne thing. And, and uh, so he was all scared to death. And I was, you know, uh, down there they call us, they call us white people. They call us achelles. All right, achelles. Pastor Rob, am I right? And, and Pastor Rob particularly, because he's, you know, he's a ginger, and so he's really a chele. And I'm going to tell you why, what, what that means. A chele is, in Spanish, leche means milk. Are you with me so far? How many have ever heard that before? Leche means milk. So you know how you say leche backwards? A chele. We're milky white. So uh, that's what they, you know, they, they call us achelles or gringos and all that kind of stuff. And I have my January skin on whenever I went down last, you know, uh, over a week ago. And how many, how many got your January skin on right now? I know it's 60 degrees outside, but, you know, we all have our January skin on. I happen to be Irish, so it's even that much worse, you know. And, and so uh, my skin is just very fair. And, and uh, I got down there on Wednesday afternoon a week and a half ago and decided, uh, you know, was chilling out and uh, had a service that night. And then Thursday during the day, I kind of had some free time. And so where I was staying on, on top of this uh, place where I was staying, the, the roof is kind of made into a patio. And so I, I, it's really gorgeous, has a beautiful scenery. And so I thought I'd kind of go up there and read a little bit and pray and, and just let God speak to me. I wasn't up there that long because, again, I don't have a long attention span. And, and so, uh, so I was up 45 minutes tops, an hour, I'd, it would be a stretch, right? And so I was up there, and, and, man, I came back down into my room, and I closed the door, and I needed to start getting ready for service. And as I started to... to uh, uh, to uh, you know, get my clothes for the for the. I realized I looked in the mirror. I got to tell you something. I was redder than any tomato you have ever seen in your life. I mean, just I was burnt to a crisp. So I said all that to say I went back to my friend that helps coach basketball, and I was still peeling just a little bit. A few, you know, uh, a few days ago, and I went over to him on Saturday, just yesterday, and I still had some you know uh, skin that was coming off. And I said, man, I don't know what I got, but it is really bad. And I just start, you know, I, he. I mean, he he had just had a few hips replaced, but he got the moving. You know what I'm saying? So. But leprosy just was, I said all that to talk about, you know, leprosy could mean any type of skin disease, but let's just be honest, they didn't have like John Hopkins available to them at that time, do you hear me? Uh, UPMC and Allegheny, uh, you know, health systems, all that kind of stuff wasn't there. WVU and Mon General, none of that was here. What, what's out here in Uniontown? Uniontown, 
hospital. Boy, <laughs> I asked. I asked. I did. I asked. They got, they, I told them I like it to the point, and they got to the point, Pastor. They just kind of did that, and, you know, okay. You know, Uniontown Hospital. Wow, that's a novel name. Listen. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, uh, they, they didn't have all the... So basically, anybody that could, was considered to possibly have leprosy, they were an outcast. They were a social outcast. They were put out. They weren't allowed to live in the side of the city limits. Uh, they, they, they lived out on their own in, these, in their own little villages outside of city. And, and when they, even they were walking down the road and people were walking towards them, they had to move to the other side of the road while shouting, unclean, unclean, unclean. And they weren't allowed to touch anybody, have any kind of contact. So basically... Basically, they lost their family, they lost their friends, they lost their job, they lost their house, they, they lost all their possessions because anything they touched was considered unclean. Anybody they had in contact with was considered unclean. So nobody, or any, nobody listen, even the dogs didn't want anything to do with them, you understand? And, and so uh, these people were social outcasts, they were put out, and, and they, they were tired and weary. And so a man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees. And, and the man, leprosy, is not something so profound that continues to ring true in our hearts and our minds here in 2016. The man with leprosy, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. See, I, most of us do not doubt whether or not God can. We doubt whether or not God will. Because we've seen God do amazing things. We watch God do, uh, I mean, incredible things. We've read in Scripture. We've read stories. We've seen God do uh, just amazing. How many with your own eyes, you have seen a tangible, undeniable miracle happen right in front of your eyes? Come on, lift your hands up in here. Look, 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 look. Leave them up. Leave them up. Look around. Look around. Look around. Look around. Look at this. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's fix our eyes on Jesus tonight. And not be distracted by anything else going, listen, I, we, I know sometimes we, we don't doubt that God can. We doubt whether or not he's in the mood to heal us tonight. We doubt whether or not God is willing to touch you. I got news for you, ladies and gentlemen, and I know this is probably elementary, uh, but sometimes we just need to be reminded about the simple, loving, undeniable character of a good, good father and, and his son, Jesus Christ. I got news. He's been in the mood to heal you ever since he took 39 stripes across his back he's been in the mood to heal you ever since he took a crown of thorns in his skull he's been in the mood to heal you ever since they ripped him naked and spit on him and ruled out his beard and made him carry a heavy cross up a rocky hill called Golgotha listen he's been in the mood to heal you ever since they put nails in his hands and in his feet ever since he hung on a cross and led a thief to it to to himself come on how about the Lord leading himself to leading a thief to himself right come on somebody Jesus hanging there looks out into his own mother's eyes and sees the pain and the agony in his own mother. Come on, somebody. Jesus has been in the mood to heal you ever since they took a spear and jabbed it up into his rib cage when blood and water flowed from our Savior. I got news for you. He has been in the mood to heal you ever since he got up from the grave early that Sunday morning. You want to know whether or not God still loves you or cares or has forgotten about you? I serve a God that while we were still sinners, while we still turned our back, 
backs on him. While we don't have what it takes and we come up short and we always, listen, we always just, we think we're going to do things. We think we're going to have a new Bible reading plan in the beginning of the year. We think we're going to do it. We think we're not going to take part in those jokes and those things at work that we know we shouldn't have anything to do. Uh, We know that we should, that we're going to stop looking at that junk on a computer that we know we shouldn't be looking at. We know we shouldn't be doing this and that and talking like here and going there and having those thoughts. Listen to me. From time to time, we mess up and we make mistakes. But while we were still sinners, the Lord proved his love for us that he gave himself up on a cross. Listen, this is how he showed us his love. He has been in the mood to touch you and meet you right where you are ever since he got up from the grave. You do not have to question whether or not God is willing. Let's not question the character of God tonight. Because if you do, you are on shaky ground. God is willing to meet you right here and right now. And if God ever, listen to me, if God ever stops healing people, that would tell me that he is dead. Because if, listen to me, if the Bible is true, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. As I read throughout scripture, he got done, he did nothing but start blessing people and and, and healing them and setting them free. And if he did that then and was alive then, are you with me? And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he never changes. Come on. If he's alive, that means he's going to continue to do the work he was doing a couple thousand years ago. You say, you know, people always come to me, Pastor Jason, and they have, you know, this innocent type question of, uh, you know, what is God doing in these last days? What's the moving? Uh, what's, what's, what's the Holy Spirit doing? What's, what's the Lord up to in these last days? Ladies and gentlemen, I just, can I just be honest with you? I don't want to sound sarcastic and mean, although that is one of my ministry gifts. Uh, listen to me. Uh, uh, listen to me. The Lord has been, he's up to the same thing he's been up to for the last 2,000 years. He has come to seek and to save the lost and to show his love for us in a way that he wants your body to prosper just as your soul prospers tonight. Listen to me. The Lord is willing to meet you right where you are. That is the passion of God. This is why the book of uh, Mark here says uh, that that when he said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And the next phrase that comes out of the NIV, the newer NIV says that Jesus was indignant. That he was indignant. Now, if you're reading good old King Jimmy or NASB or even an older NIV, come on, how many of you love King Jimmy? That's 1611 English, Hollowith, Fathereth, Godeth, and Heaveneth. You know, you guys are way smarter than I am. I can't even talk like that. Hey, you know, I, I don't get all that. But uh, hear me. Uh, they, they, what they have come to find out as there have been older manuscripts that have been found and some, some more original documents that have went back and are older than the documents that they used in 1611 or even documents that were set before they found Dead Sea Scrolls and some of the other things in recent modern history, they've come to find out that, that, that there was, a, you know, how many know that, that they did not have printing presses back in the day? Are you following me? There's no printing presses. There were scribes. These little dudes sitting in a room, Actually, they went this way. They went right to left, you know. Listen, and they they just would write, 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 write. And from time to time, an editor or a scribe might mess up. They might write the wrong thing. Or sometimes they would come in and try and add a verse or or, or just maybe explain it to us a little bit because they, they thought that maybe the reader would not understand what was going on. And so the, the, the Greek word that is often listed as Jesus being moved with compassion actually is not found in any older trans. It doesn't make it wrong because the Lord is definitely a compassionate God. You hear me tonight. There's no doubt about it. But it doesn't capture the full, grisp, uh, the full grasp of what is going on. Jesus was indignant. What does indignant mean? Listen to me. Indignant simply means this. Uh, he's a feeling or a showing of anger or annoyance at what is perceived as unfair treatment. 
Jesus was not mad at the leper. I want to be very clear about this. He is not mad at us for us to come to him and present to him our needs. You have not because you ask not. Jesus is not upset with the leper. He is upset with the sickness that has afflicted this leper. Do you hear me? The Lord, how many of you understand that Jesus fearfully and wonderfully made you, that you are God's wonderful masterpiece? And Ephesians says that you're his masterpiece, you're his handiwork, and he has predestined things for you to do in good times and good service so that we could show the grace and the love of God. And whenever that creation gets messed up, listen to me. I don't know if you've ever made anything before. I, I don't know if, if you've had kids. Come on, how many parents do I have in the room right now? How many of you have ever been over one of your kids before in the middle of the night whenever they're, you know, and they're doing all the other things or, you know, they're sick or they're just real lethargic or whatever's going on? How many parents have ever said, I would rather this sickness be on me than be on them? I, I'm tired of my child being sick. Come on, how many of you have ever got to that point? This is where Jesus was. This is where our our Savior is. He's saying, listen, I'm sick and tired of my creations being sick. My brothers and sisters bearing a sickness that I know I'm going to go and bear on myself. I would rather your sickness be upon me. Come on, somebody. That's some good preaching. Hear me tonight. The Lord is more than willing to touch. He is a passionate God. Why does he want to heal us? Why does he want to touch us? Because his passion burns for us. He's indignant. He is frustrated with the junk that we continue to allow to creep into our lives and in our bodies. He's, 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 listen, why do you think he wants to come back so soon? Because this is a mess. This is a mess. And the Lord is sick and tired of his family having to deal with this. He's passionate about you tonight. And not only is the Lord passionate, but it goes on to say this. Listen, as Jesus was indignant, he reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Again, I want to remind you that a man with leprosy was considered unclean, that he was not allowed to have any physical contact. He wasn't allowed to be around anybody or touch anyone or socially, economically, uh, emotionally. He was just, he was gone. He wasn't allowed to be around anybody. I wonder when the last time was somebody reached their hand out to touch him. And and even so much so, uh, again, our English language really misses the cool picture of what the Greek is going at. This wasn't just Jesus reaching out his hand. Listen to me. It was the embrace of a savior that Jesus embraced this man that he got down where this man was and wrapped his arms around this guy to let him know that he is not alone anymore that he no longer had to bear the consequences and the burdens of the of the affliction that was upon him but our Lord and Savior was more than willing to, to humble himself and take upon his flesh listen to me take take flesh upon his godly character that he left heaven and came to this earth to walk in our shoes and die on our cross. Listen to me. Jesus was giving a picture that you do not have to do this all on your own, but we have a loving Savior that is more than willing to put his arms around you, and even when it's necessary, listen to me, when you don't have enough strength, I serve a God who's ready to pick you up and carry you from one place to the next, and and listen, in your moment of weakness, that's where the strength of God is made perfect. Jesus is not only passionate, but he's practical. He's practical. He wants to eat, not just physically tonight, but also emotionally and spiritually. I can't imagine when the last time it was that this leper felt the embrace of anybody. 
Listen to me. This was not a pretty picture. This was messy. Skin disease that would have been characterized as leprosy would have consisted of boils and oozing open wounds and, and, and pus and blood and fluid. Come on, somebody. Aren't you glad you ate dinner already? You know, I, I mean, this, this is not a pretty picture. But how many understand that life is often a messy picture? Life isn't always squeaky clean. Come on, somebody. We make a lot of mistakes, and we find ourselves, sometimes we step right in it. Come on. This is not easy. But I serve a God who is willing to get down into the dirt and the muck and mire of my life. Come on. He, set my, he lifted me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. Do you hear me tonight? I serve a God who reaches down and puts his arms around me and picks me up. Not only does he want to meet my physical needs, but he wants to meet my emotional and spiritual needs as well to let me know that he understands each and every circumstance and he knows my every thought. Just a few years ago, uh, we were ministering in, um, uh, oh, honey, up on 70, the church that's right on the interstate, Bentleyville. How many know where Bentleyville is? Up on Interstate 70. We were ministering there, and uh, it was a Sunday night service at that point. We had ministered that morning and came back for that night, and we were speaking there. And, and you know, on Bentleyville right there, there's a truck stop that's just down, like right, right across the interstate from the church, you know? I mean, that, that's, that church has one of the best locations I've ever seen in my life. The exit ramp ends in their parking lot. Come on, somebody. That's a good location. That's a good location. And, uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm preaching my little guts out up there and doing everything I'm supposed to be doing, you know, and everything else. And, and uh, as, as the service be- begins to start on that Sunday evening, in stepped a man in the back of the, of the sanctuary. And it wasn't this long, so I could see him. And, and he stepped in from the back and just kind of, you know, slipped in and, and just sat down in the back. And this big old dude, you know, big old fella, you know, and, and uh, just sitting back there, you know, had the beard, a little, little scruffy, you know. I uh, just kind of, you know, was, you know, he, he, was a, he was a man. You understand what I'm saying? He, he was a man. Sometimes men are men, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he wasn't a boy, he was a man. And, uh, you know, I'm doing my thing, spitting and screaming, giving God glory and whatever else, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and, and, and so I give an altar call. I don't even know what the altar call was for. And I gave an altar call, and, and people came, and the Lord was really moving, and they were kind of lined up along the front. And, and uh, I started that particular night. Sometimes I just kind of go sporadically or whatever and pray, but that particular night I, was, I, I had them all lined up, and I, I, I was there and, and uh, had people there, and I was praying for this one, and then I'd go to this one, and then I'd go to this one, you know, just kind of go down the line and pray. How many follow me? Have you ever seen? Right? We do that sometimes, right? And so I'm praying, all of a sudden I get to this guy, and I'm praying for this person here, and the big guy standing right there and I'm praying with one eye open you know because I'm just kind of checking this guy out and seeing what all he had going on you know but I'm really making sure God's touching this person but I want to make sure that I'm going to be safe you understand what I'm saying he big boy as I pray you know I'm like mm, whatever Jesus you know and as I'm praying, I just go, whoop, and I skip right over him and go to the next one. And so I had this eye open, and I'm praying over here, and I'm still checking this guy out, and he's just. If I'd have had money, I'd have put everything I owned that his name was Bubba. You know what I'm saying? And he just. And I'm praying. And the Lord begins to speak to me that I needed to go. And not pray for this guy, but hug him. Have you ever argued with God? 
Do you hear me? You ever hear just say, God, are, are you missing this one? You know, I'm not sure if you know what you're telling me to do. You better, like, come on. Like, and I started adjusting my antennas to make sure I was getting the right signal, you know. And I, I asked somebody to bring some foil in, you know. And I'm like, and I didn't know what I was going on. I'm like, I, God, come on, God. You know, I went to the next one. And I, I'm trying to pray for these people. And I just cannot, I can't stop looking at them. So I said, all right. And I get down there and I get right in front of the guy. And he's just standing there. And I say, sir, how are you doing tonight? Fine. What, what brought you here? Uh, I drive a truck down there. I saw this church up on the hill. Just thought I'd show up. Okay. Was there anything I can pray with you about? Remember, God didn't tell me to pray for him. God told me to hug him. But I'm trying to manipulate up here because, you know, I'm trying to lead the spirit instead of being spirit-led. Mm. And he's like, man, eh, not really. I said, well, why'd you come up? I don't know. Huh. Jesus, you know, right now I was praying just like Paul, even so come quickly, Lord, you know, I just just looked at him and finally, you know, I had to submit to God and I just looked at the guy and I said, man, I hope you don't think this is weird, but also I'm thinking, I hope you don't crush me, you know, but I just, I, I just, I'm just gonna, can I just kind of we serve a good God, you know, and I started doing one of these things, and, you know, and I said, you know, can I just give you a hug? And I'm, as I was asking, I just went ahead and rushed around, you know, give him one of those things. And it was like a redwood, man. I couldn't even get, I'm, I'm like that, you know. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I mean, I knew what that guy ate for lunch three weeks ago, you know. It was all right there. But all of a sudden, the presence of God began to overwhelm that big old guy. And he just began to, <laughs> you know, and so I'm starting to, I get, I get the eyes open again, you know, because I'm getting concerned because this guy goes down, I am not holding him up. You understand? Like, I'm getting really worried. <laughs> and, and he just starts like, you know, just, I mean, literally trembling before the Lord. And, and I just, you know, just, you know, whatever, and I'm, you know, hey, you know, and give one of those things. So finally, as it all goes on, and all get to the end of it. He tells me that that uh, you know he'd been on the road for several years and and really didn't have any family. His father died at a very early age, and and he hadn't heard anybody tell him he loved him, let alone have a hug put around him that, that he had been away. Never, never has anybody ever decided to reach out and touch that man and let him know he's loved by God. And, and that night, I just put my listen to me. It's amazing the practicality of our God that He knows exactly what you need when you need it. Whether it's an encouraging word, whether it's an embrace, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a text. Come on somebody sometimes God just knows exactly how to speak to us at just the right time at just the right moments when we're soft when we're ready when he knows that it's that moment in time when we really need him listen to me tonight we serve a practical God that wants to meet us right where we are he's passionate he wants, he's going to do anything he can to get to you and he wants to be he wants to meet your each and every need and as it goes further here the book of Mark goes on to say this listen to me it says, Jesus was indignant, and he reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was clean. 
Hear me tonight. Not only is our Savior passionate about you, not only is he practical, but hear me. We serve a power for God tonight that all he said, listen to me, he didn't stand over top of the leper and start speaking in 1611 King James language to try and impress everybody with how eloquent he could pray. He didn't spit and holler and, ah, you know, all this stuff. He just said, be clean. In the name of me, be clean. Be clean. That's it. We decide, listen to me, we, we get to this point, and if you guys want to go ahead, honey, if you want to go ahead and come when you're ready, listen to me, we often get to this point where we feel like we have to work ourselves up and try or coach ourselves into being healed, try and coach ourselves into the presence of God, try and just, hear me, the same authority that Jesus had, the Bible says he's also given to you. To speak to a mountain, be thou removed and cast into a sea, and that big ball of dirt has to waddle right out into the waves. Come on. That's the kind of God I serve. We serve a powerful God. Be clean right now in Jesus' name. Be free from that infirmity. Be free from that, from that mentality that, that, that you're always going to come in last, that you're never going to make it, uh, that things are never going to get put together. Listen, be free. Be free. I don't understand all that you're in tonight. I don't know all that's going on in your life. But what I do know is that I serve a passionate God that wants to be practical and meet you right where you are tonight. And his power is so real that there's nothing, there's nothing my God cannot do. See, he's powerful enough to take care of everything. But he cares enough to take care of anything. You might think that, oh, Tim, you know, this, you know, this thing, it's really not a big deal. You know, I, I just kind of have this allergy thing and it's just whatever, or I just kind of deal with this and that. And we try and, minima, we try and minimize. Listen, Jesus is indignant. He's sick and tired of you being sick and tired. When are you going to be sick and tired of being sick and tired? Accept the embrace of our Savior tonight. Move in the power of his spirit, the authority he has given to us. Listen to me, the authority, it's yours. You embody the spirit of Jesus Christ. You are temples of the Holy Spirit. This is your moment. And even during worship tonight, as we were singing one of the, that, that, I don't even know what it was at this point, some song we were singing. How about a 14-year-old girl with an anointing and a voice like that? I don't know where you are. Man, are you kidding me? Her voice is one thing, but the anointing is what's... Wow. You guys are spoiled. I mean, this is amazing here. Amazing. But oftentimes we can enjoy the presence of God so much and just kind of be inundated with talent and anointing that we forget that that anointing is in us. Ezekiel 37 says, The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones.
He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. See, here we go again. We're not questioning whether or not God can. We question whether or not he will. Then God said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you. Sound familiar? I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you. I will cover you with skin and I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them, skin covered them, but there was no breath on them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath entered them, and they came to life, and they stood up on their feet, a vast army. Say, Tim, what does that have to do with anything? God is indignant. He's practical. He's powerful. We've been living in a valley of dry bones for long enough. The power that he has has been given to you. Speak to those dry bones. You got an impossible situation. You have family things going on that you never think there'll be restoration. There'll never be reconciliation. Speak to that dry bones. Tell them they are going to come back to life. Tell them this is what the sovereign Lord says, that he is going to cause tendons to attach to them, muscles to come on them and flesh. He's going to wrap them in skin. Prophesy to that breath. Tell it to come from the four winds, from the north and the south and the east and to the west. Call out to that prodigal son. Prophesy that they're coming back tonight prophesy over that sickness prophesy over that doctor's report tell them this is what the sovereign Lord says he is going to cause his breath to come on you one more time and you are going to live by the power of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ it's time for us Uniontown to rise to our feet and stand up and be the vast army he has called us to be I speak to those dry bones right now in Jesus name come alive now in Jesus name. May the breath of God blow in you fresh and anew. May you be free from the circumstantial things this world tries to put on you. The temporary problems that we allow to take us from the eternal promise of God. Let's step into the life. Let's prophesy. Let's move in the anointing he's called us to be. Oh, so you say, Tim, this is too flighty. That's too spiritual. This whole prophesy junk. Listen to me. The authority Jesus has, he's given to you. Speak to it. You have the authority to call things into existence even though they are not. You can say they are right now. Right now. Listen, I don't say that arrogantly tonight. I know oftentimes, you know, we can, you know, evangelists, and even me, I know me, come on, I know me. I know me some me. And oftentimes, confidence in God, the people that are living in the flesh often comes across as arrogance. If anyone boasts, may they boast in the Lord. I'm begging you tonight. Prophesy to those dry bones. 
Tomorrow night, we're going to be praying for physical healing and signs and wonders. Addictions are going to fall. God continues to bring that back to me over and over and over again. That addictions are going to melt like wax in the presence of God. Some of you, even right now, some of you are addicted to, 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 to prescription medication. God's going to set you free. He's going to set you free. You've been hooked on that junk, and it, is, it, it, it worked for a little while, but the momentary, the momentary gain you have puts you into a week of headaches and turmoil. Your head's spinning around. You get cranky. The, the relationships have been torn up. Listen to me. God is going to prophesy to those dry bones. Determine in your heart. Be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Be indignant that your family has to keep dealing with this junk. Be indignant that the spirit of addiction is overwhelming our communities. Take on the passion of God. Take on the practicality of God. And in His power, prophesy to those bones. Bring them back to, you don't have to bring them life. You tell them this is what the sovereign Lord says. This is the word of God. And because God's word says it is, I say it is too. In Jesus' name, come back to life right now. Come on, somebody. I'll coach you into this all night long if I have to. Come on now. It's time for us to rise and be the vast army he's called us to be. Isn't that what we've been talking about here in Uniontown for the last several weeks? That it's time for God to arise and his enemies be scattered. I got news to you. God is not arising unless we rise. He allows us to, us, him to rise in us. I can't even get it out. Why would God do anything if nobody's going to do it with him? He needs people to be conduits of his power. Why not you? Say, Tim, you don't know what I've done. You don't know all the things that are going on. You don't understand. Listen, you don't know me either. No idea. That wonderful little old lady and that Buick LeSabre that was going 20 miles an hour up Morgantown Road that I just wanted to put in the ditch. Come on, somebody. God bless that Buick, but my Lord, honey, I hope you're buckled. Do you understand? We're not perfect people. Sometimes we can be indignant about our driving. Listen, we're not perfect people. But when I'm weak, his strength's made perfect. Where I come up short, the grace of God is sufficient for me. It doesn't mean I'm leaning on my, you know, my insecurities and my inabilities and my sins and my shortcomings and saying, oh, that's just God showing himself. No, no, no. Listen, we got to get better every day. But what I'm telling you, it doesn't disqualify you from allowing God to use you. You believe that tonight? Come on, will you stand to your feet with me? Hallelujah. 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 If you're in the room tonight and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, this is your moment. Of all that we've talked about and all that's said and gone, you know that you are far from God. Why else would you be here on a Sunday night? I mean, think about that. If you're not following Jesus and you're in this room, why else would you be here other than that God wants to pour out His grace and mercy into your life? Why else? So don't deny this. This is for you. 
If you're here tonight and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, and you know right now you want to you accept him into your life and allow him to take your sins and your faults and your failures and throw them as far as the east is from the west and give you a brand new start at life. That's you. Come on, just lift your hand right here where you are. If that's you tonight and you say, you know what, Tim, I need to accept Christ in my life. When I say three, lift your hand as high as you can. We'll wait just a moment. This is for you. Before we go any further, I can guarantee you this, this will be the greatest miracle we see all week long. People have been praying for you. You don't even know. People have been praying for you. This is your moment right now. You ready? One. Two. Come on, if you know that's you, lift it right now. Three. Come on, is there anybody? We'll wait just a moment. On a beautiful Sunday night in Uniontown, 60 degrees. Thanks for listening. Tune in again next week.